With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride. Uh, today is February 2nd, Groundhog Day, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, this is the third show of the new year, and I'm continuing today our sort of forecast for the year ahead and maybe years ahead, uh, which I've done for the last two shows, and then probably move on to other topics, but I'll come back again, of course, of course, during the year, talking about current events and what's happening around the world, and maybe we'll um, stretch our view to other countries and other places as well as we do that. But today I thought um, what I did in the first show was mostly look back and look at the present and then in the previous show look at the present and look to the future a little bit in general terms and began talking about the USA chart. Uh, So I wanted to just continue a little bit with that USA chart today, looking at what it indicates in terms of the energies that are moving out there in the heavens that then affect what's happening down here. Uh, And then take a look also at the 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 president's chart, Donald Trump's chart, to see what that shows both for this year and for next for him. And and it may uh, as well take a look at some of the contenders. It's getting to be quite a crowded field out there. And there are various techniques that astrologers use to sort of try to sort through and determine um, what are the prospects for any candidate whatsoever, uh, both in terms of their own chart and what they bring and how their chart uh, really interfaces with the U.S. chart, which is often found to be quite significant. And so we'll take that into account as well. And of course, uh, of course, later I'll open the show up to uh, questions, and and you may certainly call and talk about uh, anything I brought up today. But also, of course, you may call about your own chart or anyone else's chart and have a question for me there, and I'd be happy to answer that. Uh, and again, if you just give me at least your your name and date of birth and place of birth, at least, and if you have the time of birth, great. Then I have everything here to work with. Uh, and so we could do that as well. Um, of course, if you have any questions or thoughts for me that you'd like for me to address in any future show, you could always send them along to me and I'll try to fold that into what I'm planning on doing this year. Um, and if you certainly want to speak to me directly or, or, or get a reading with me, which is my life and my work for the last 40 plus years or so, uh, you certainly can uh, just email me at Bill Atry, that's B-I-L-L-A-T-T, R-I-D-E at gmail.com and I'd be happy to uh, let you know what what's entailed in terms of getting a session with me <clears throat> excuse me so uh, so so please feel free in contacting me if you're thinking of doing that and and I can I can uh, sort of show you the different kinds of things I offer for people in terms of readings whether looking at just your own birth chart and and who you are and where you are in your life but also looking at relationships looking at locations looking at various things that are sort of sub branches but very important parts of astrology as well okay excuse me I've got a little tickle in my throat here let me take a little drink of water here and that hopefully will calm things down okay 
So as I said, what I'd like to begin today is, again, just reviewing what I was talking about um, for the USA. And as we talk about how there are these alignments that take place of planets, and we look at especially at the outer planets, which means looking at you know, Saturn and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, as they go around the, the heavens, they are really going around any one of our charts, which is really a map of the heavens. Uh, and so we can see alignments taking place for individuals, but also for other entities like corporations, uh, various uh, national international organizations or nations themselves or leaders of nations. And that's all part of what we call mundane or worldly astrology when we're looking at entities, not individuals per se, or uh, political or other kinds of entities. Um, and, and the USA, as we all have come to know, is, is we see its birth date as being July 4th, 1776. Um, and having many planets in the sign of Cancer, which is, of course, our sun, the sun sign for the U.S. Um, but we also have these other planetary placements that sort of de determine and, and, and sort of derive our character and our, nat our nature, as it were. And as the planets move around the heavens, they will line up with these elements and sort of kick off various periods of um, change and opportunities for growth or challenge in our country's path as well. Um, what is most important to consider here is that the the people uh, have various ideas of when the USA was born in terms of the time that it was declared. I'm working with a time of around 5:13, 5:14 in the afternoon is when it was declared by the uh, the, con the, uh, the representatives meeting there. Um, the declaration was made of the Declaration of Independence, and that's the chart I find seems to very accurately reflect uh, timings and changes um, for the U.S. But there are other uh, other sort of secondary documents out there when the Constitution was adopted and and all these things of the first presidency of George Washington when he, when he took office. All these other things that we can also look at, but this is the the primary chart that most astrologers would take a look at in delineating the future or the condition of, of this country. Um, and what I was speaking about or, or writing about in, the, in my latest uh, uh, forecast for the U.S. is that we're still undergoing this Saturn transit of moving through the sign of Cancer, which it does every uh, 29 years or so. And, and because we are I mean, going through Capricorn, uh, and as it's doing so, it's opposite our, our Sun and Jupiter and Venus and even Mercury in Cancer. So all these oppositions are often more challenging aspects. And it just seems historically in the 80s and then the late 50s, early 60s, again in the 30s, each time this has happened, we've gone into sort of a, a bump in the road, so to speak, in our political, economic, and cultural life. And we have some challenges that we're faced with that often lead to disruptive events and changes in the political and economic structure, looking at this historically in the 30s and the early late 50s, early 60s, and again, the late 80s. And we're in that time again. But there are other bigger, more sort of monumental shifts that are taking place. And, and the one I was speaking about or writing about in the last uh, forecast for the U.S. was this transit of the planet Pluto moving over the Mercury in the U.S. chart uh, and then moving over Pluto itself. And that's stretching over several years here in, in 2019 and 2020. Um, and then over the Pluto in 21 and 22. So it's several years in the making. 
And the reason this is so important is, well, quite frankly, the planet Pluto is the rising planet of the USA chart. Uh, and a rising planet is quite an important indicator of the nature of any entity. And here it's placed in the US second house. And again, just like the second house in any person's chart would represent their relationship to value, their sense of self-worth, uh, and their talents and abilities and strengths and all of that. Same for a country, it is the house of value. Uh, and many would say, oh sure, the, the bountifulness of America and its riches and mountains and streams and fields and agriculture and mining and just a land endowed with so much. Um, and so, so wealthy in sense in terms of these physical values. And that is true. And indeed the planet Pluto coming from the, the ancient idea of plutocracy and, and Pluto being the ruler of great wealth, uh, this country is endowed with great wealth, but I would always stipulate that the, the wealth of any people, whether it's a group or a larger community or a, or a nation or even this world, uh, what is most critical in terms of value, understanding value and the creation and transformation of value is us, is we humans, because we're the living spirit or the more conscious living spirits that we know of on this planet. And we have this amazing capacity to transform ourselves and our world which we do in wonderful ways and rather challenging and destructive ways as we are now seeing. And certainly Pluto rules that process of transformation, given that it rules the will and willpower. It is by that very nature, the ability to take anything into one's sphere of influence and work with it and transform it. So if I had any client that I was looking at and said, oh, gee, they have their Pluto in the second house. And I would say to them, well, you know, one of your great strengths and perhaps your greatest strength is. And they'd say, no, what? I'd say you're someone who transmutes and transforms things. You will take an object or an idea or a process and you will not leave it as you find it, but you will transform it by the context you put it in, by how you work it or combine it with other elements. The sign of Scorpio, which Pluto rules, and the, the planet Pluto itself, in a sense, rule what I like to call the alchemical process of transmuting things from one thing to another. Uh, and so with that planet Pluto in the second house for the U.S., we would as a nation approach the question of value as not being something fixed, but something that through right approach and, tra and combinations with others or combining various elements, we transform things, we make things into something else. And so we're a very transformative nation, but the essential quality and gift of that ability comes from our human nature uh, and from being humans. And so really our great wealth of any nation, I would argue, but certainly for the US, is how we combine with one another, how we are this an, an amazing experiment on the planet the first time that we know of in history that of all these different types of peoples from cultures and backgrounds and religions and, and life ways are trying to make a go of it in one place. And as we combine with one another and elicit change and growth in one another, there is this amazing faculty of growth and transformation that we cause for one another when it's properly carried out. And so um, we, we are able to both transform ourselves and our world. And of course, this is how growth occurs anyways. When you're by yourself 
any persons by themselves. They would, they're not even human because we all change and transform each other from our families, our mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and classmates and then colleagues and loved ones. All that interaction with these fellow travelers has made us what we are and has elicited our growth and change. And when we come into any combination in a, in a relationship, in a marriage, in a business, we change one another. We, we give and we get, and we ask each other to give up certain things and honor other things within and between one another. And so that elicits change and growth in and through one another. We become each other's quickening. Alchemy, this crucible of relationship, is the source of where one and one does not equal two, but one and one can equal one million if we know how to combine this with that. And that is this great gift that we have brought together in this nation of tremendous diversity, of trying to get along and combine with one another. We are eliciting tremendous growth and change. It is the source of our value and remains so for, from the beginning to the end, according to our chart. But of course, right now, Pluto's going over um, the Mercury in our chart and then over Pluto. And there's a great experiment or, or question again about what our value is and how we manage our values, the values we have, the values we create, and how we then share in that value. And I, mar I remarked on how the last two times Pluto lined up with our Mercury and then with Pluto was, was back in the 30s and then back in the 80s. And both times marked a time when there was a significant, on a political and economic scale, a definite shift in how we understood the generation of our well-being and wealth, and then how it was going to be distributed or shared. Uh, and there's been a very strong shift that was quite positive in terms of growth and well-shared growth that occurred from the 40s onwards up until the, the end of the 70s. And then a change in that formula whereby the, the, the growth of U.S. wealth and well-being began to split between those at the upper percentiles of wealth and the rest of us, the ones in the middle and the lower ends, found that we did not keep pace or the, the majority of Americans did not keep pace with the growth the country was experiencing. Um, and so now here it, it's striking to me that people again point to this tremendous split uh, between the wealthiest and, and the rest. Uh, we've never seen such a divide as this, as, except for back in the late 20s. And of course, my argument would be when you get that tremendous divide between the wealthiest and the rest, it becomes unsustainable. Uh, the wealthy can't consume enough to keep the rest of us going. And so it has to get redistributed somehow. And it was in a Great Depression, everybody was leveled off and then we began to build up again. And now since the 80s, again, this divide has been again re-enacted re uh, and we're coming to a point of less sustainability. Uh, and we need to find a way of adjusting how it is that we benefit from the growth that we're all creating and participating in. All Americans create wealth and well-being and, and, and need to find they're having a stake in this that is fair and equitable so that we're all sustaining our lives, all sharing in this, 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 this happiness that we're supposed to be creating for one another. And uh, this is going to be one of the big arguments over the next several years, just like it was back in the 30s and just like it was going on back in the early 80s. Um, 
And then the, the latest posting I did um, has to do with what is happening in the president's chart, because we don't just look at the nation and see what's happening to it. It's also very important or necessary to look at the leader and leaders of a nation. So I certainly have Donald Trump's chart here and Nancy Pelosi's chart and all the different leaders. Um, and we would look at them all. And I've, I'm probably doing a radio show on Tuesday and friends a show where I'll talk more about the general scheme of power and politics in, in Washington. But just for today, I'd like to talk about um, what's going on in Donald Trump's chart. Uh, and then and then maybe take a look at these other candidates that are beginning to pop up on the horizon here for 2020. Uh, the, the, the posting I just put out last night on Donald Trump, and it's the last in the series of the forecast for 2019 for now, uh, again, it's quite striking that just like in the USA chart, that the most significant transit for the next several years in our chart is going to be the planet Pluto so too is it happening for Donald Trump, because this is this year and next year and the year after, he's having the planet Pluto um, move over uh, his chart in such a fashion that it's providing him with a test of power. The notion of Pluto being the planet that rules the third aspect of the triad of spirit, as I call it, that Uranus is the higher mind, and we're all working on freeing our minds so we become more all-knowing. Uh, and Neptune is the second element that rules everything being connected in terms of one force. We call it love or unconditional love. And so it's one is sort of individualizing us and one is sort of communalizing us and keeping us all bound as one great family of spirit. And the third element is the is the will. The avatar of the will is Pluto, because we're all sacred beings in our own sacred space. And our the power of the will is to be used for our self-determination and self-control. But of course, we fall into error when we take this power of control and flow out and penetrate or violate the spaces of spaces of others, whether one on one or one to many. Uh, and it's why it's hell on earth, because we keep trespassing upon one another when this energy is supposed to be turned back on itself for greater self-control and self-mastery. And then we can show that to others. We can encourage them to take control of themselves and to change themselves, but we can never force it. We can never make a person change. If we do, we beat them down and, and reduce their will, and we're just delaying their ev eventual evolution to being a complete and, and awakened soul. So we always want to encourage them to take hold and take control as much as possible, and then collectively decide to join together freely in a shared space, but we never violate anyone else's space. Well, similarly, when we take on any office, we are exercising the power of that office, whether you're the head of a family, the head of a community, the head of a corporation, or the head of a nation, you take on that office, and you are now directing collective or, or social or general will, the will of whatever entity you serve. And as long as you remain aligned to the purposes and, and value and, and, and path of that thing you serve, whether it's the family, the community, the nation, you're gonna be fine because you're not using this power for selfish or personal or misguided ends. You're protected because you took this oath literally or, or figuratively speaking, and as long as you held yourself to that oath of serving that entity's end, then you're correct. But if you use this power 
for your own ends or think you are the power, well, then it's classic hubris, which leads to nemesis coming right for you because you have forgotten the very nature of where power comes from. We are all here to be focusing lenses of power to, to sharpen and, and clean up our lens of focusing energies, but never think that we are the source of that power. That power comes through us. Well, what is happening in Donald Trump's chart here is that he has the planet Pluto now um, moving in his chart and going over uh, two things in his chart. It, it's actually moving over, um, uh, coming over his Saturn, which is extremely important, uh, and also aspecting his sun this year and next year. Uh, and and, and these, two con these two contacts say that he's going through a period where the power that he experiences in his life is shifting and changing. First, it's sort of a look of sort of a misunderstanding and an ill at easeness that he's having grow this year as Pluto forms the inconjunct to his son. And that just sort of makes him feel like something's not right here. This isn't like it was. And how do I deal with this um, and try to adapt to these these changes of the experience of power and then building it in 2019, but fully manifest in 2020. Well, then Pluto is opposite Saturn and Saturn is your role in the world. It's your title and your position. And now it's under direct assault and you'll do your utmost to try to maintain your position. And you can, you can, if you do it rightly and correctly in accordance with that position's uh, stipulations and purposes and, and source of value. But if you are doing it incorrectly, then you might find yourself confronting other powers that be that are serving that entity correctly and counter to your power, either remove you from power or you leave that power because you can no longer sustain it. Um, so my forecast for Donald Trump would be he's in for a rough couple of years. There, there are several other things happening in his chart this year uh, and next year that will make his life difficult. But this is the primary one where it's all about power and how one wields his power. And we know he came in to be an iconoclast, to break the icons, to be someone who is not bound by norms. And he certainly is showing that day in, day out. But eventually there is a need for any entity, culture, people, nation to maintain their character and their nature or, or they fall. And so we're coming to a point where that battle of what is the proper exercise of power and authority and how, what does it serve is going to be brought forward very strongly in this contest of wills that Donald Trump is facing in 19 and 20. Again, just speaking quickly to what else he's hap has happening here, the planet Neptune is moving over his Uranus in 2019. And when Neptune touches Uranus, Uranus is your freedom. And Neptune coming across means you feel like your freedom is slipping away or it's dissolving. He's going to feel less free and sort of worried about that in 2019. And then Neptune comes over his Dharma Karma line in 2020, which is your path in life and you become confused about your path, confused about where you're going. And then by 2020, 21, Neptune goes over his son and he's very confused uh, and very uncertain. It's a time for spiritual soul searching, but not being certain whatsoever of what is going on or has just happened to you. Uh, that is also coming up in his future uh, with these transits of Neptune. 
and there's some other ones too, but those are the, the one I would point to in terms of causing this growing sense of ill at easeness, a sense of losing one's freedom and then losing one's way or being confused about one's way or purpose taking hold here for him in 20 and 21. Well, as I said, what I also want to do here before I open up the phone lines and bring you all in so you could ask some questions and talk to me uh, is take a link, taking a quick look at our, our candidates that are sort of lining up here. And as I said, there there is this there are many techniques that astrologers use to try to figure out, you know, looking at a host of people running for any office and looking at his history, what has been critical before. And then we can see that we, if I map it out and do some analysis, you can see that one of the key factors for any presidential candidate that is uh, likely to be do better than others is that they, the, one of the things that shows up again is having either the sun in Scorpio or Aquarius is a very distinct advantage over the course of many years. In fact, um, when you look at the sum of, of planetary positions and, and where the sun is and where the moon is and whatever, certain things just pop out. Um, and so that position of the sun in Aquarius or Scorpio has always been very strong. Um, but also we find that's very strong and extremely strong showing up more than anything else in any presidential chart is the Mars being in the sign of Leo. Um, and, and then we say, okay, then in terms of the relationship to the U.S. chart, because obviously if they're serving this country, do they have a strong connection to it? One of the most important connections any presidential candidate has had to the U.S. chart is the connection to the U.S. moon. And you might wonder, well, why would that be so? Well, the moon in a chart in general rules the people. Of course, the moon in, in the U.S. charts in Aquarius, uh, which shows that we are a nation of diversity. We're about friendships and voluntary associations. All these Aquarian traits really describes the American people. We are rather independent and we have this great love of freedom and all those things are Aquarian energy. So having a president's chart or a candidate's chart lining up with the moon means they have a more direct or favorable relationship to at least some elements or a great many Americans because of that, that contact. So when we look at Donald Trump's chart, we might say, well, what are his advantages? What made him someone who might have done better than not than other candidates? Uh, and that would still hold true. But also then we need to look in a person's chart to see, okay, but what's happening in their chart at that time? Uh, and so that also factors in looking at their progressions and transits because they could have a great chart but be going through a terrible period or or vice versa, having a, a okay chart, but going through a great period. But still, we look at the balance here. So just looking at what he starts with, yes, indeed, Donald Trump has his Mars in Leo. So right away, we know, okay, that's one of the things we look for. Number two, he's a Gemini. His son trines the U.S.'s moon. That is another very strong uh, contact that we see helping a person do well. Um, when we look at when I look at Hillary Clinton's chart, she didn't have these factors. She had other factors that were helping her, but she didn't have some of our, what are the more exceptional factors. When I look at the host of candidates that are running right now that we know of, what pops out the most? Well, Kamala Harris really pops. The reason being is that she, yes, also has that moon in Leo. Very important. She's a Libra with the moon in Aries, and both her sun and her moon line up with the U.S. moon. 
Um, so she's got the Mars in Leo, the sun trines the moon, the moon sextiles the moon. There's a lot of positive energy here. In fact, of all the candidates that are so far declared, she has the strongest chart. Um, there are some very good energies for Joe Biden, but he's rather old now. He is a Scorpio and has got that Scorpio Mars. There's those things show up again and again, but he doesn't have that quite same connection to the moon in the U.S. chart, which always seems to be critically important. Um, and then I look at the aspects that are forming up because I've done this. I'm going to do it in more detail for every candidate, but just because I saw how strong Kamala's chart looked. And then I looked at the aspects in Donald Trump's chart and the Trump, the aspects in Kamala Harris's chart, she has very strong aspects coming up in this year and next year, much more favorable aspects than are occurring in Donald Trump's chart. So for me, just right now, and this is way ahead of the time that we really know who's running because it's just begun, um, she is for me right now the front runner in terms of the Democratic Party. Uh, of course, Donald Trump is the front runner, unless something happens here, for the Republican Party. But we're way ahead of ourselves, and I don't want to get too far out there. But just thought I'd give you that little preview of what I'm looking at. I'll keep looking at this and keep coming on, commenting on this as we go through this year and certainly for next year. Okay. Well, as usual, I've spent half the time mostly here talking about something I wanted to share with you, and that's that's what I do. But I also want to give everybody plenty of time here to talk with me, and, and I'm going to go down the list. I see certain people who've been holding here the longest, and I'm going to go with, with them first, as I will try to get you all in here if I can. So uh, let me bring up this first caller, okay? Hello, you're on with Bill Atride. Who is this? Hey, Bill. It's Camilla. How are you? Hi, Camilla. I thought it might be you. I thought that that number looks familiar. So I, I thought I'd, I know you. Ha you are also the earliest caller. So <laughs> you you got to the head of the line yeah, regardless. I so, made it easy for you. Th thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So I know you sent me in advance. And thank is, you for that great news. Oh, you, well, yeah. Well, again, we're way early here. There's so much to look at. And I will be analyzing Donald Trump's chart and other people in the part that party's charts as well as looking at mm -hmm. candidates as they come out here and sort themselves out but um but uh, yes i when i looked at her just looking at her but I, when i looked at her chart and then look at the, these alignments i said oh my god she could be it um it's i mean it gives, it gives me goosebumps but 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 again um Ooh. we're way ahead of the time when we're all going to be really making that decision so let's just put that on the back burner and keep our mind, keep our eyes peeled for what's coming. But yeah, it's, it's, it looks interesting. Um, so, so mm -hmm. I know you sent for me and this is good to other listeners. You could think about this too. Uh, Camilla sent in advance the information that I need for her and for this person she wants to talk about today. And you're welcome to do that with me. If you want to send in things in advance, I don't have to take it down while we're talking here. That obviously speeds things up and, and is appreciated. So thank you, Camilla. Um, so I think I think your question for me was um, you'd like to know a little bit about this person you've met and then how we look together. Is that is that correct? That's right on. OK, great. So so um, I sent you their charts, sent you your chart in his chart. Um, and of course, um, as you know, he's a Capricorn uh, with the moon in Leo and then he has Sagittarius rising. 
Um, now, again, right away, a, a Capricorn is, is, a, is a sign that's known for its depth and seriousness. It's, it's, it's working on mastery in this lifetime, trying to be the best of something or other. That's, that's the Capricorn way to work towards self-fulfillment. Um, and they tend to be old when young and become younger as they get older if they're working well. And, but Capricorn can be sometimes too serious and too pragmatic. And yet, counter to all that, this person's chart you sent me, well, they have all this fire in their chart, that moon in Leo and all these planets in Sag, including Sag rising, like you have, means that they are a very idealistic Capricorn. You see, Capricorn is very pragmatic and does what makes sense and is very mm -hmm. much more conservative in that regard. But here's a person who is seeking and searching and exploring uh, throughout their life. Um, and obviously, they've traveled quite far and they would be known for traveling, <laughs> given all that Sagittarian energy for them. And given that's your outlook as well, that you have that Sagittarian spirit, uh, not only because of your own Sag rising, but all those planets you have in your ninth house, you certainly are searching for truth. You are searching for meaning in this lifetime. And with your Mars in the ninth house, Camilla, you may not know this, but, and your Jupiter there as well, ruling your rising sign, that's one reason why you might be drawn, would be drawn to people from a different background or culture than your own. In other words, mm. you, you hear a foreign accent or you see someone from a different land, it's a point of attraction, not a point of dissuasion. <laughs> okay, so, so, totally. yeah, so, so yeah, so, so that's one reason why potentially it could work. Um, but again, looking at this person, um, he's born at the full moon, that sun-moon opposition. I like to say about people like this, they're born with no excuses, meaning they understand cause and effect, they understand action and reaction, and they're born with great awareness, and their whole drive in life because of that full moon is they're looking to create a complete or perfect or, or right relationship that really is a very strong motivating factor in their life. Um, and his Venus is in Sagittarius. Um, and that means in terms of his approach to love, he's looking for a Sagittarian experience. He's looking for someone who will explore the world with him, whether that means through novels or literature or movies or literally traveling. Um, he would want someone who would take him by the hand and say, let's see what's out there. And he would want to do that for them. And given that you've got Sag rising for yourself, that's going to work. Um, you both have your Venuses and fire signs, so you're both idealistic when it comes to love. Um, and so that also works very strongly. Um, and, and, and his mind is, a, is very important, of course, because you've got Gemini on your seventh house. You really want a very meaningful intellectual relationship. It's not enough for that physical or emotional component. You've got to be with someone who is able to uh, meet you intellectually and, and stimulate you intellectually. And that's what he wants too with Gemini mm -hmm. there in the seventh house. Um, and when it comes to his mind, mm -hmm. he has a really unusual mind because his Mercury is right next to Neptune, which makes for more mysticism and imagination. It's more like the mind you have. Your Mercury's in Pisces, so you're a dreamer, you're a visionary, you're an imagineer. So is he, because his Mercury is next to the planet that rules Pisces, Neptune. So your minds are not the same, 
but there's a similarity and that would bring or lead to a more meeting of the minds because of that sort of alignment here okay so on mm-hmm. on many mm-hmm. points i i find there's there's good things to be had here we all have our challenges and and tests in life um you've had to work on yours in terms of um how do i structure a life i would always say to you camilla start slow don't rush in <laughs> okay because of that venus and aries <laughs> but you're you're you are the kind of person who can fall head over heels when just meeting somebody and that's fine but slow it down don't don't rush it that's important um but also there's there's an issue about fear of abandonment for you that you're working on and that might make you unbeknownst to yourself try to begin trying to manage or control something in a relationship but and like scripting it and then it would go out of control it would get out of control or would fall apart so you have to be more free and easy about it and not try to make it go one way or the other it's something you've had to learn to do here okay do you know mm-hmm. what i'm you know i'm talking about there totally okay and then for, and then for your your potential partner here this new guy that moon is in leo which means you know this is someone who needs their stroking who needs to be appreciated <laughs> okay uh mm-hmm. but of course yeah. of course what he needs is to take take that feeling and need of being appreciated and flow it out and show other people appreciation i mean a capricorn leo that's a really important combination for leadership and leadership is not about ordering people around and telling them what to do leaders are here to inspire us by making us believe in ourselves and that's what he would really do as a leader but when it comes to relationship and love he also has an issue with power and control he's working on with his moon lining up with pluto like you and his moon lining up with mars and i would tend to think that there was some a bit of disruption growing up for him as a child he came out of a disruptive circumstance there there is pain here yeah his father was physically abusive no i mean he had the, when you've got mars in a relationship to pluto and the moon mars but especially the mars to pluto i know this is a person who was violated um and a person who's violated has uh, has righteous rage it's what they do with it and of course if they've gone on the healing journey they become someone who would never do this to another who's very sensitive about this and has learned to redirect these energies in a very healing manner mm-hmm. but um if they have not done the work then they are someone who can be dangerous to themselves or others and i i i would tell any woman involved with a man with a moon mars make sure that you if you see any sign of him taking his anger out on you you get out of there quickly okay okay again it's not that he would because any of us can wake up do the work and that what was our failing or fall to our weakness or a wound we've turned it around and made it a strength and then he would fight for emotional authenticity he would fight for emotional caring and and and, and sensitivity here in turning it around so it could be wonderful but if a person has not done the work then unbeknownst themselves this thing kicks out and they do things where they seem to be out of control and they are because they haven't mastered this yet so when i saw that in his mm-hmm. chart i said i have to mention this to you i don't i would never not mention it to somebody because when i see danger well that's the first thing i don't want somebody to be in a dangerous circumstance um i i think the mm-hmm. i think the greater danger 
here really is danger to himself, self-harm. Okay. But still, mm. um, you have to be careful too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's again, I mean, the combination of your chart, when you lay it out in a grid here, looking at your planets and his planets and how they match up, um, there's a nice physical attraction and compatibility that's showing up here, which is always good to have. Um, there's an interesting creative energy when it comes to mentality and thought forms that are going to be present in the relationship. And there is a very strong sense. Both of your Saturns line up with each other's suns, which means upon meeting one another, that would be that profound sense of deja vu. I know this energy. I know this exactly. person. Exactly. Yeah, I've been with this soul before. Exactly. But of course, that's true for most of the people we meet up with in this life. We're not strangers down here. We owe things to one another. And so most people we have any significant interaction with, there's some history there. But some are much deeper. Some okay. are much more profound. And that's what you have here. You know, it's an old relationship. What is that aspect again? It's, I was it, looking for like nodal stuff. Well, it's it's Saturn. It's when, it? when Saturn, which is the teacher and tester. So what it is, is that your, your Saturn in Virgo lines up with his son in Capricorn. It's a earth. It's a trine, which is a good aspect. You see, it's positive. And then his Saturn in Scorpio mm. lines up with your son in Pisces perfectly. So it's a beautiful karmic connection indicating most likely a good mm. what coming out of the past is a good karmic pattern or good karmic residue rather than a test and a struggle with one another we did it right the last time so to speak that's what this indicates to me mm. um doesn't mean we're going to get it right this time <laughs> but but because again <laughs> again there's we're we continually have to keep learning and growing here but at least we have this wonderful history helping us okay and again and again your venus is lined up in a beautiful way aries to sag and a few um, a bunch of other things that sort of say good this has got some potential so i certainly say um you know be mindful and watchful there with the warnings i gave you but but things look okay to me okay okay, okay. and so you say like it's just if i see any kind of like anger or any kind of flashes like that yeah. And again, like yeah, 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 the, the typical ordinary saying of a moon Mars is the man has been hurt um, and he, he could take his anger out when emotionally getting upset about something. And the 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 female person in his life at that point might become the recipient of that anger or 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 lack of control. That's what it says. Um and again, so I, I, I can't not mention that because that's so clearly here. Shoot, you dropped out. Oh, but I'm, I'm sorry. I think I got the point. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, it should be in the podcast. If it dropped out in the uh, broadcast there, I'll make sure to upload uh, the full, because um, I'm recording at this end as well. And as soon as I go into my shows and I realize, oh, they dropped out there for a second or two whatever's happening between us and the world and on the internet, but at least I'm recording in here so I can upload a <laughs> clean copy of the recording uh, later on. So thank you for letting me know that I was not there for a minute or a second or two. <laughs> okay. Well, I think. Amazing. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. And thank you for being so thorough. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, sure. Anytime. And uh, do stay in touch and um, enjoy future shows. Okay.
Indeed. Okay. Okay. Uh, can I hang on and listen? Sure. Sure. I I I don't, I'm not going to hang up. Well, I don't think it hangs up if I go away from you. So I think you can hang in there. So let's see. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Hello, this is Bill. You've been holding on a very long time. I hope you're there. Hi, Bill. Hi. It's Jane. How are you? Hi, Jane. Hi. Um, do you need my date of birth? I have only one Jane in my me? blog. I keep uh, all the blog talk uh, radio people in one folder. So when I go into it, I always have it up and ready to go when people call in. And I only have one Jane in here, so I think you're the June 18th, 1970. Am I correct? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, that's right. Good, good. Then I'm ready for you. So what, what can I do for you today? I'm just wondering if you see any upcoming changes with regards to career. Okay. Um, well, again, the, the principal indicators of development and change are the progress moon and then the the planetary transits, but especially Saturn uh, showing things and, and then certain opportunities with other planets. Um, so right now your progress moon has been going through Virgo for two years now. It's got another six months to go, which would mean through this whole period for two years and now six more months, you've been asked to go through a period of adjustment in terms of how you order your life and your lifestyle and within that, your work style. Mm -hmm. And so it's a time of flux and change mm -hmm. and trying to get something right by making sure the arrangements in my life are balanced and reciprocal with one another. That has been an ongoing thing for you in this period. And doesn't mean it's going to continue to yeah. be in flux for another six months. It could settle down here shortly. But certainly that means you are being asked to show adaptability during this period. Um, the planet Saturn, which had been in your seventh house these last several years, I'd say, would certainly, certainly 18 and 19, oh, I'm sorry, 17 and 18, has now moved into the eighth house, which would indicate to me that now's a time to consider yourself joining an adventure with another or someone joining an adventure with you, because that's the house of unions. That's the house of joint venture. And so the way through, because Saturn always shows where I've got to focus things, most especially now, would be on if I'm going to go forward now, I have to combine with somebody else and combine into their business, invest in their business or join forces with them, or somebody's got to invest in me or join me in my venture. Now, what is it that you were doing and what are you trying to do instead or what are you moving towards right now? Well, I'm trying to move into a, a different direction, just not exactly sure, like, um, which is more suitable for me. Like, um, I don't want to do the same type of work anymore. All right. Um, All right. So that's why um, I'm unsure, like, uh, you know. What 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 which, direction? Uh, which direction? Okay, well let me let me because I'm just looking at the visual here with like looking at the wheels of the natal progressed and 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 transits. Let me just run the numbers where I can see all the different alignments here that might tease out something else for you that might indicate something uh, for what the current period okay. has. Um, yeah, again, also during 2018 up till April 2019, you've had that planet Uranus going over Venus, which is in your second house of resources, value, talent and ability, money and income, 
which means this has been a year to be unsettled in this area, to be experiments, be making experiments in this area, um, meaning that I needed to open up my sense of my values, my talents and abilities, my taste buds, literally in life, needed to be excited and, and opened up. And it would be a time where I'm trying different things, uh, and but settling into one particular thing might be hard to do until this energy clears out. Um, and of course, you had all last year Saturn going over your Mars, um, and that's always a time, well, it, you know, it was all year long, but it finished at the end of 2018. And that meant you would have felt somewhat during the course of 2018 that I'm, I'm I feel like I'm driving with the brakes on, <laughs> basically. I'm, I'm trying to go forward, but it's yeah. not I, the, the amount of pressure I'm putting on the gas pedal is not equal to what I'm normally getting in terms of moving forward. What's going on here? And I would say, yeah, that's uh -huh. that, that you're going to be stuck for a while, but it's going to get unstuck. And what's okay. happening now, what's building in now is that Saturn's going to begin lining up with itself. It only does this like this twice in a 30 year period. It's Saturn trining your oh, sun because wow. you have Saturn in Taurus. Now Saturn's moving through Capricorn and building here in February and certainly in March and for the rest of the year, Saturn will trine your Saturn, which means this is one of the best times in your life for making plans that can help you achieve your goals in life. And that you'll have a balanced approach oh, yeah. coming up now because of the wisdom or knowledge you gained in the past. Um, so you can make a very sensible, you know, understanding of what's my purpose, what am I supposed to do here? And therefore you're more likely to make the right decisions that are congruent with your potential and the opportunities that you have around you. So my understanding here would be that things are going to change in this coming month, um, for the better here because of this, yeah, because of the, because of Saturn lining up with your Saturn. Um, that's, that's a very, very significant oh. thing. Okay. Oh, that's good. So oh. this month you see, um, things are likely to change. I, I do believe so. I mean, Jupiter's in your, Jupiter's in your sixth house. That should also be helping now, uh, as it lines up with various planets. Okay. But the, the more significant thing is the Saturn transit. It really is key, um, for position and titles and our roles in the world. And when it's making this favorable contact, um, we're hitting a sweet spot in terms of our the, taking on the right role, taking on the right responsibilities. Okay. 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 Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. okay take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Hi, it's Bill. You're on with Bill. Hi. Hi. Thank you. First time caller. Who's... First time caller. Thank you. Oh, your first. You want... Oh, okay. My birthday. Sure. Well, first your name. First name or. It's Pat. Pat. Okay. Seven twelve fifty three. Eleven fifty one a.m. in New Haven, Connecticut. Fifty one a.m. in New Haven, just up the coast here from me in New York. Okay, so. Um, uh -huh. Okay, so let's see, and I'm just checking to make sure. So it's seven, uh, July twelfth, nineteen fifty-three, eleven fifty-one a.m. in New Haven, Connecticut, and uh, you are obviously you may know your chart. You're a Cancer with the Moon in Leo, and you have Libra rising. Correct. 
Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's your question today, Pat? Um, I am curious about the Mars moon, but this is a heavy question. Oh. I've been... Oh, about what about um, what do you mean about the Mars I, I moon? Think, I mean the Mars moon that I talked about earlier. You mean? Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you can see that in my chart or not. Oh no, you don't have that aspect but, in your own chart. You you have um, you have other things we can talk about, but not that. <laughs> okay. Um, I I have had a really really difficult life my whole life, and I'm 65 and really really trying to transform. And am very discouraged. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm making progress or not. Um, I really need my life to take a huge turn. Um, someone did my chart when I was at all girls school. Robert Hand. Yes. Uh huh. But I never got it. I never got it. All he said to me was it was the most afflicted chart he'd ever seen. Oh. Always made me wonder. Oh gee. Well, I. I mean. Um... <laughs> I, I don't take that kind of approach in astrology, as you may have gathered. I'm, I see that everything is here for a reason and purpose, and we may have some challenges, but I don't use words like affliction because every aspect in a chart is a opportunity for that soul to work through that and grow and become more aware and wise. And I've seen some very challenging charts in my time and the person's amazing and they're growing by leaps and bounds and i've seen some beautiful charts in my time and the person is pretty boring <laughs> they're, just, they're not doing very much with their life um so it's not about good or bad it's about energy and how we understand and work with it you certainly have a great deal of energy with all those planets at the very top of your chart you're you're born with that sun and mars and uranus all there together in cancer um, at the top of the chart, but again, 90 degrees away, there are two other planets, Saturn and Neptune. And so what one would be talking about in the old school of astrology is you have Saturn and Neptune squaring those planets in Cancer. And squares are just a choice. How do I do these two things? Because they seem to be at odds with each other. Um, and yet you're here to find a way through to, to make sense of this and be all these energies in some in your own unique way so looking at your chart one of the great challenges you have faced is because of all those planets in your 10th house the 10th house is your purpose it's your path it's your destiny it's what your career would be and most people would be asked well, what are you good at and they'd say i'm good at this and be done with it that's all they can do your challenge pat was that you have so much going on in this house that it was hard to figure out what I should do or how I could do this because I need to do so many things seemingly at once. And so it's a matter of figuring out how to take these various energies and combine them and work them together for my self-fulfillment. Um, you definitely have a lot of energy. That is one of your great strengths, certainly in this lifetime. And you were born old with Saturn rising, okay? People would have commented on you as a little child growing up. She's so mature. The gift of Saturn rising, though, is that as you age, other people pass you by, seemingly. And so you are said to be old when young, but young when old. Okay? And we mean by that that you've, you've gaining that wisdom and you're learning to be more flexible and pliable as you age because you come in a little bound up and have to sort of unwind yourself through aging. 
one of your great strengths in life because of your Mercury Moon conjunction um, is that you are someone who is very, very good at weaving together thought with feeling, uh, being able to combine thoughts with feelings in such a manner that it carries the thought or idea or image much further. And I would certainly encourage you to think about communication arts as something that you'd be very adept in in this lifetime, something that would give you a lot of enjoyment. You also, with both your Venus and Jupiter in your ninth house, together there in Gemini, and Venus rules your rising sign of Libra, you must throughout this life uh, travel in your mind or your body. You must read stories of other lands, look at other cultures, look at other systems and philosophies and teachings. Travel would be nice, but we can travel just through a great story or watching a great movie of another time and place. These are things that feed your soul. They're so important to you. Again, cancer is the sign of centering. And the key to any cancer's life is understanding what I stand in or stand upon. What is at the root of me? We're all given roots to start, like coming out of a family with a certain kind of ethnicity and culture and religion or what have you. But we don't remain in that. In fact, often we find it didn't work and I need to explore and expand and deepen and graft on new parts to make me feel centered and secure. And this would be true for you, that you just can't take what you were given because it may have not provided the kind of security you needed. You had to go on a journey to discover what is really at the root of me and what I really am more drawn to as that which stabilizes and anchors me. That's really what cancer wants. It wants to be centered, which leads to security. But we can't be centered by attaching ourselves to something outside of us. It can't come from a person. It can't come from a place that we can share our place and, and share our security with somebody. But we have to be self-centered in the good sense of the term, finding my own true source of self and anchored in that. And that has been your journey. Um, there's a lot of confusion coming in here in the relationship to the family and especially probably with the father figure in terms of what happened there. And whatever confusion or mis mistakes or confusion happened in that experience, it was to set you on a journey of searching for yourself is what it was for. So it didn't, things happened to us not to harm us, but to set things in motion. And it's on, up to us to take that path in order to develop ourselves. And you certainly are someone who has great perceptiveness with that Neptune-Sun alignment. That means clairvoyant or highly intuitive, very sensitive, which is a gift, um, but one has to know how to use it wisely, okay? Um, but you are, um, you have a great deal of energy in your chart. A, a lot of vitality is indicated here that you can draw upon and utilize in this lifetime. But the real, the real point of this life for you was to not look outwardly for success and achievement, but work first on the roots of your life, to work on your foundations, to work on your home and family, understanding of that, going beyond the home that you were born into and deepening your sense of where I truly come from, what I truly identify it with as the heart and soul of me. Okay? Okay. Um, um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. Um, 
uh, I'm just seeing where you are right now with all this. This is a great time right now for you with the moon in Sagittarius progressed wise to be studying again, to be reading again, to be traveling again. And so these are things that would be needed by you. And you're probably coming to a choice. Ninety in, seconds. Oh, there goes our show. And you're coming to a choice in the next three or four months about which path to take. Um, it's It's been built. Uh -huh. What's that? Yes, I said, uh -huh. I'm sorry, there's a little bit of background noise now. Yeah, yeah. As I head to my car. That's oh, okay. So you, you, you will be coming to a fork in the road in your life in the next few months, Pat. Uh, and you've got to decide which way to go, okay? Um, but oh, this, okay. But, All right. But you'll make a very important decision in the not-too-distant future. Seconds. Okay? Can I, you said all that energy, which I did have in, in my life, but I have been so beaten down. Yeah. Um, and I've just been being beaten down my whole life until the past few years. It finally did me in. Will I be able to find that energy and that enthusiasm and, and all that again? Well, it may come in a slightly different form. It might be more expressed through a, a pursuit of, of, of understanding and wisdom and truth rather than pure physicality, because as we age, the physical vehicle has less resilience. But, but certainly... I would I would encourage you to know that you came with a lot of energy. It's still there somehow. It's just a matter of finding its proper outlet or release that would make you feel more energized once again. Once again, okay? Yeah, yeah. Ten yeah. seconds. Okay. Thank you so much. You're I'm very enjoying your show. Well, thank you so much, Pat, for calling, and I'll talk to you again. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Oh, bye bye. Bye bye. Well, sorry, callers. I'll get to you all next time. I'll do another show in a couple of weeks, probably. And thank you for listening today. Bye for now. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.